Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Huddle with Monica D. Livingston, a safe space to dialogue, create, celebrate, and gain the tools to execute and dominate on the field or in life. This is the place where we discuss the fumbles and the touchdowns, the struggles and the successes. This is where we come to get better. So huddle up. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Huddle with me, Monica D. Livingston, and I'm happy to be here with you. Y'all see what I did there? A little wooka wooka wooka. Okay, so rapping's not my thing. But uh, anyway, our iSlide team captain to enter the huddle today is Lisa Willis. Lisa Willis was a superstar at UCLA, went on to play in the WNBA, and she also was called to coach in the NBA. That's right. She was called to coach in the NBA and did her coaching stint with uh, the Westchester Knicks. So very happy to have her today as an iSlide team captain. We get into it. We talk about a, a multitude of things, um, racism uh, here in, a, in on American soil, but then also abroad. Because Lisa played professionally in places like uh, Russia, and she'll you have to just keep listening for her to talk to you a little bit about that and her experiences there. Um, you know, one of the things that came out of this whole interview, you know, I always try to have a focus as you start to listen to it, a focus in the huddle, and the focus word of today is work. And and one of the things she said is be willing to do the work. Don't be afraid. So you've got to put the work in people. What work are you doing? Are you putting in the work? I mean, work ain't easy, but it can pay off. And she talks about that, the hard work that she put in. And one of the other things was a tip that she gave for people that want to get into, you know, the sports industry, the sports career and make a livelihood out of, out of it is you have to be visible. She talks about visibility, and she talks about that in her book as well. Um, but the funny thing about it was when she said visibility, what I thought about was, hey, even that could be work. So you've got to be willing to put the work in. See, and, and the thing is that work is connected to what I think is longevity. Anybody can put a little bit of work in, um, and you might it might pay off a little bit. But I truly believe that if you really put a lot of work in, that's how you have staying power. That's how you have longevity. And so that's what I want you to focus on today when you're listening to the interview is, are you willing to put in the work? And if you're willing to put the work in, how about you upgrade that work? Because, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to always be easy, but it certainly will end up being worth it. Some people you feel like I know sometimes that they get a pass or they get a connection and they don't have to work as hard as you. Trust me when I tell you they don't have staying power. They can work a little bit and they're going to have the same amount of staying power. You put that work in to the umpteenth degree, you're going to have that same staying power. Listen, that staying power, that staying power is what you want. That's what makes a complete difference, you know, and, and athletes know this. Um, someone, just take Lisa Willis for example. After college days, she could have said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. 
I'm putting my high tops away. But no, she wanted to play at the, the highest level for women to play um, professionally and then came to the WNBA to do that. And another opportunity for her to stop working and say, hey, I'm done and hang my high tops up. But nope, she kept working. And, and I got to be honest with you here. I don't care what your higher power is, whether it's God or whatever your higher power is, that higher power that higher power wants to see you work. It, it looks uh, favorably upon, or if you want to use it, it, it or she or whatever you believe will bless you for putting in the work. That work is what guarantees that you're going to be able to keep on with the keep on. And then after, uh, after Lisa was able to finish her WNBA career, what came, what came next? Entrepreneurship, then coaching in the NBA all because of the work. And I'm sure she would, you know, say that a lot of that work ethic came from playing sports, but it translates. It translates into your career. If you put the work in, good things will happen. Now we all know that part, but do you want it to happen for a long time? That longevity, you got to grind and grind it up. So when we come back, Joining us in the huddle, our odd slide team captain of the day, Lisa Willis. Livingston Team Captain segment. It's sponsored by iSlide USA, the place to get your favorite team slides, whether it's NBA, WNBA, NHL, MLB, and more. You can also rep your college colors as you slide around campus in a pair of stylish and comfortable iSlides. And if you're feeling creative, design your own pair of slides. That's my favorite part. I get to put whatever I want on a pair of iSlides. Visit iSlideUSA.com and get started today. Use code MONICA. That's right, you heard me. Use code MONICA at checkout and receive 15% off of your total purchase. Go do it now. Stand in what you stand for with iSlide USA. And welcome back to the huddle. It is now time for our team captain of the day segment sponsored by iSlide and our team captain has just entered the huddle. It is no other than collegiate superstar, WNBA superstar, author, speaker, uh, Nike professional, NBA coach, Lisa Willis. Did I leave anything out, Lisa? I mean, there's so many things. How are you, coach? How you doing? Oh, I'm great. Happy to be here. Good, good. Welcome for the huddle. And thank you for taking time out of your day uh, to, to be here. You have your hands in a lot of different things in such a short time. I mean, you're much younger than me, but man, you have been traveling the world. You've been a professional athlete. You're a professional speaker. You're a professional author. You're working with Nike now. I mean, that's a whole lot to just pile into these few little years that you've been walking around on the earth. Like, so congratulations on all your success, but let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, you are uh, born and raised in, in LA. You're originally from Cali. Yeah. Long beach, California. Yep. Right. Okay. Off LA. Played high school ball there. Yep. And then went to UCLA. Did you ever think about leaving Cali to go to college? No, I wanted to go to UCLA since I was 11. So the really, so you knew was like so easy. Wow. Wow. Okay. And talk to me about your experience at UCLA. How was it? Uh, (laughs) 
Interesting. Um, okay. I will start by saying if I had the the option to do it again, I would do it again. And I would keep the same ups and, I, and downs uh, because that's what built me into the person that I am. Um, basketball at UCLA was great. Um, you know, I we weren't like ranked super high. So that gave me more freedom to mm-hmm. kind of test the waters a little bit. Uh, I like to say I was Steph before Steph because okay. I was shooting very far. And I know that Gino or Pat Summit would have been like, plant right here, right here, right here and right. think about what you've done. Right. But at UCLA, I actually was able to show that I was a long range shooter. So there were pros and cons of, you know, being at a school, one that I absolutely loved outside of basketball and two at a school that wasn't super up while I was okay. there. Okay. That that's that's amazing that you you know that too about Gino and Pat that you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> Pat Summit was my uh my like idol growing up, man. She was absolutely amazing. I met some people that played for her. Uh and and most of them had nothing bad to say. She was tough. She was hard, but you know, she Hey, she got the job done. That that's for sure. Um so after college was over, uh, what did you major in by the way? Political science. Okay. A political science. So what did you want to do? That's a poli sci degree. What was right. the thought there? I wanted to be a judge. Ah, okay. The family court. Okay. Okay. And then basketball just kept taking you places. So after that, um, you played overseas or did you go directly? You went right into the WNBA, correct? Right to the W. Okay. And you spent some time with the Sparks was your first team? Mm-hmm. Two years. With and how, how was that? I mean, you just stayed home all the time, man. You just high school, Cali, college, Cali, Sparks, Cali. Like. Right. And so to go overseas to Russia was like, what just happened? Right. You know? What was the biggest transition there? The weather, the okay. language. Um, you know, I had, I, well, first of all, it was so cold there that if you smiled, it felt like you bit into some ice cream. Huge problem. Huge problem for me. Okay. Southern California. People call it sunny Southern California. Right. Then to go there, that was that was so difficult. Um, and then just the language barrier, like I couldn't go anywhere without a translator. So yeah, so, so walk me through that, because I know athletes that, you know, um, that I've worked with previously, and they're like, I don't want to go overseas, even if it's an opportunity. What does that whole picture look like? They say, hey, you're going to come, they hook you up with an apartment, but then they give you a translator, and are your teammates American? Tell us about how that whole thing goes. Yeah, no, and so in different places, you have more Americans, um, and that's where you hear about, like, let's say, Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird, who... Right. Becky Hammond, who got a Russian passport. Um, That just means you're American, but they recognize you as a citizen, so you don't count towards the number. But typically, it's two. Uh, Typically, two Americans uh, per team. And yeah, I mean, they give you, they give you, they roll it out for you. Okay. Living like, um, like royalty. The translator, like I had a translator in Russia, but I didn't have one in Greece, Turkey, or Latvia. Russia is just a different, that's just a different beast. And so you need, it's not safe really to be out and about as a black woman in Russia by yourself. Wow. That's the bottom line. And so, um, but in Greece, I didn't speak Greek, but there were different, you know, um, that was a different kind of place. Like some of the, um, um, 
natives, they had a little bit of English in them. You could kind okay. of yeah, way more friendly. And so you could say moo or oink oink, moo. And they'd be like, ah, oink, oink, oink. Okay, cool. It's poink. It's pork. I can't eat it. You know, gotcha. but if they're like, moo, okay. let me get that steak. And, you know, so it was friendly. Right. And Russia was not. You said as a black woman, not safe. Did you experience any uh, overt or, or maybe subtle racism in, in Russia? Not particularly. I, I experienced more as an American. than oh, OK. OK. The day that I, or the day before I arrived in Russia, there was this big thing about um, them killing black people in the airport. So. Yeah, it was either the day before or the day after. It wasn't the oh, day of, though. Oh, um, man, you I'm better than me. I'd have been like, this rep, turn this around. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is a rep. Yeah. Like, wow, that is crazy. And yet you went on. Okay, so we know that you're passionate about coaching. We know you're passionate, um, you know, and that you're an author and you're passionate about playing basketball. What are some of your other passion projects? What else does Lisa Willis love to do outside of basketball? Yeah, I love, um, I I love love. So like any mm. kind of corny, like Hallmark Channel is like my favorite channel. Oh, wow. Nobody wants to watch Hallmark with me. But like, <laughs> I just love all the corny movies. Like, I, I love it. I know what's going to happen, who's going to get together before the credits are done running in the beginning. But I just, I just feel like love. it. Yeah. And so poetry, art, like the beach. Um, those are like my happy places. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so now you've done some coaching with, uh, in men's leagues. Was the first time that you coached men? Um, so in my, in my player development company, I trained men often, okay. but, um, I coached a, a men's league back in, uh, maybe 2015, 2016, okay. um, and it was cool. It was just for fun. It was a company sponsored team in this league. And so they asked me to coach and I did. And and were you always well received by, by men when you're coaching? Never had any, there's no horror stories. They were like, get out of here. You suck. You don't know what you're talking about. They always, you know. No, like I'm received better by men than women. Really? Talk about that. What do you mean? Yeah. Like men, men will see what I've done and respect it. Like, no, it's just like, whoa. Like, because men, like, like men, they understand how similar the game is. Right. It's the other people, the, the um, spectators who are like, oh, that's women's basketball, that's men's basketball. Men, I, the players understand like ball is ball. And right. if he could do that, then she could help me with this. You know, women, um, I've found that there's like a competition, a little bit of competition to be better than me. And right. anybody that I'm working with, I actually want you to be better than me. I but love that. Like, don't, <laughs> don't make it seem like, oh, that's nothing. I can do that. It's like, well, one, you haven't. But two, I'm actually trying to help you do that. Right. So fix attitude a little bit. You know? Yeah, it's weird, right? With women, there is this feeling, especially I, I think more so in the sports industry, where we feel like there can only be five of us. Right. Right. And so it's like, wait a minute, I got to do the same thing she's doing or do better or more importantly, discredit her 
so that I can get that spot. And and you're so, it's so true. Dudes never think that guys always, they high five each other, champion for each other. They want to be better than whoever they're going against. That's that competitive nature. You know, that's what being an athlete is about, but they never feel like there's not enough spots and not enough spaces. And women truly do that. What would be your best advice then to a young woman trying to get in the sports industry, um, how would she do that? What kind of things does she need to be mindful of? And and from a women's perspective, working with other women? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I would say, I mean, it, it's like a buzzword right now, but it's a buzzword for a reason. Um, be authentic. Like you have to, you have to show up authentically because that's when we're going to be able to see what sets you apart from somebody else. If you're trying to be a clone of Becky Hammond, we don't need you because we already have Becky. Got Becky Hammond, right. <laughs> it, it, it's very simple, you know. Um, and so it's like whatever, we all have had very similar experiences, but we process them differently. Yeah. That's why Becky Hammond is where she is. That's why I'm where I am and you are where you are because right. of the way that we process these experiences. And so um, I would say just one, show up authentically. And then two, do the work. You cannot be afraid to do the work. Like the best part of coaching is the X's and O's and watching your players, you know, being on the court with the guys um, or girls, but it's the work behind the scenes that's going to get you. Like they're going to be like, man, she's a hard worker. If she's willing to do this, then we know that she can do that. And then student of the game. Oh, I love that advice. I love that. Be authentic, right? And don't be afraid to go ahead and do the work. And with that work is going to come some failures, right? And and how you bounce back from those. Um, But specifically getting into um, the sports world that you are, how does one get a job coaching in the NBA? Like, is somebody just call you, you at home chilling and somebody's just researching, Googling, you know, like, oh, what about Lisa? Like, right. how does that end up being, how do you get from that A, I know there are a lot of steps in between to that end result. Cause I, I especially think that young people that are sitting somewhere taking the sports management, you know, classes um, and they want that in their degree, they, they can see this all the way up until this point. So what kind of things help you to really make it, you know, the, the dream actually come true? Yeah, you have to, um, that's a good question. You have to be visible. Mm-hmm. That's how it was for me. But the way I got my visibility is going to be very different from somebody else's. I was in the uh, assistant coaches program, which is a program okay. that the NBA has for retired WNBA and NBA players. Gotcha. So they groom, they're literally grooming us to be an assistant coach. Okay. Assistant coaches program, you know, um, and so in that program, we are able to learn about X's and O's player development. They put us on the big stage for events like um, uh, the draft combine, combine G League events, Portsmouth, all of these events where all of the coaches, assistant coaches, GMs, presidents will be there watching us coach. They're watching talent, you know, but they're going to see what, you know, we're doing. So that was how I got my visibility. But, you know, um, for somebody else who doesn't have that same pedigree, it's just about being, um, being diligent. You know, you might have to do some free workouts, you know, Mm -hmm. so you could start to build your network of these guys that you're training, but you can't be 
you can't think that <clears throat> it's going to be like an escalator to the top. Right. Like you is step by step. And I mean, you have to just go hard. And it's, I would say this is something that you can't kind of want to do. Oh, this right. Is okay. That the feel is like your life's mission. Because right. if you don't, you're going to quit. That's because you're going to have so many opportunities to quit before you even take the first step. Gotcha. So you got to really be ready. What she's saying, y'all, you got to be ready because there are going to be more opportunities to say never mind than there are to accept to say, okay, here we go. I I love that. Now, your book, when people pick up your book, what can they expect? Are Are they getting some of this Lisa Willis that we get from LinkedIn and on your social media, you know, walking people through sports and how it connects with life? Or is the book more personal about your journey and what people can do after um, sports. So if I pick it up, what am I getting out of that? Right. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely linking sports to life. Um, Definitely. Like even in the, um, even in the intro, I talk about how it's annoying for people once they uh, are done with their sports for them to say, oh, now you're entering the real world. No, Mm. like you're totally discrediting what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Like our worlds are different, but they're both real. So I definitely make that link, but I I talk about the emotional and mental part of being an athlete. And I talk about how these situations that I've dealt with as an athlete, like my role versus my identity, differentiating that. And mm. I talk about worth versus value, kind of understanding where what comes from and who should really hold it and acceptance versus uh you know, approval from, you know, uh, fans and whatever. Like I talk about these issues on the court and how we overcome them on the court so that then I give a real life example of how I dealt with that off the court and leave some, um, some keys and some key questions for you to ask yourself so you too can conquer this battle of role versus identity or whatever the chapter title is. I, I love that. That's great. Um, so you talked about mental health and, and you know, and you and I've had some offline conversations, growth mindset and that kind of stuff. Man, COVID right now. I, I mean, it has been a struggle. It's a struggle for everyone, right? Everyone, even if you're in the, the best uh, mental health state currently, it is a struggle and it's hard to deal with, you know, just the not being able to freely move around the country and do your normal things. People's work environments have changed, et cetera. Um, and, you know, and I'm dealing with a lot of high school athletes whose seasons have been pushed and then pushed and they keep getting these promises. We're going to play a little bit later. Seniors that were counting on a football season to push them over that mark to get that scholarship for their entire family to start that, you know, generational uh wealth of, of education, and now that's gone. What would be some advice that you would give an athlete right now struggling with, you know, this concept of identity they were getting through sports, they see themselves as this athlete in high school, and now that's kind of ripped from them. What, what kind of mindset or, or advice would you give them to keep their mindset strong? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're talking about football players, COVID just tackled you. Mm. Is the game over? No. <laughs> like, right. Right. Is, the game, is the game over? Like, 
Uh, I remember being like 10 years old playing in a basketball game and I'm laid out on the court. My coach walks over. I think I'm dying. My coach walks <laughs> over and he asks me, he kneels over and he says, are you hurt or are you injured? In my mind, I'm like, I'm dead. So what do you right. mean? <laughs> and so he goes on to say, well, if you're hurt, you can get up and continue to play. If you're injured, then you're done and we got to take you out, get you to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And I promise you, I'm like 10 years old, 19 years old. That changed my life. Wow. Hurt or am I injured? If I'm just hurt, I got to keep going on. Okay. I might have a limp as I'm going to get my bucket, but I'm going to get my bucket. That's the same thing with COVID. COVID is hurting us. COVID is hurting me right now. But Mm -hmm. the gym is my happy place and I can't do anything. You know, right. um, in the house, like it's it's tough. But how bad do you want it? Like the honest truth is it's hard for you to be seen by the coaches, but it's also hard for coaches to see players. It's a symbiotic relationship. That's You're true. not the only one that needs a scholarship. The coaches also need to give a scholarship or else they don't have a team. So now it's time, you know, to be more productive when you're on social media. I know you're on social media. Right. Now let's be more productive about what we're doing because that's where coaches are going to um, look at players. But this is just a an adverse situation that the whole world is going through. You know, so you have to, it's, it's the people who know how to be resilient and know how to uh, deal with adversity who make it, whether yeah. it's COVID, an injury, an impoverished background, whatever it is, like with the right mindset, there are people, I promise you, there are people still getting scholarships. So yeah. how are you, how diligent will you be about writing your story? That's a good point. Uh, you, you're always, your videos are always positive and, in uplifting, what do you do to work on your mindset? I know a lot of it is in here, you know, and in here, but how do you refuel your tank and keep good stuff in there and, and keep learning? What are some of those practices? Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm always reading. Um, I love leadership stuff because leadership, I said stuff, but leadership <laughs> blogs, books, uh, all of that, um, because I feel like in order for me to live the life that I want, I have to be able to lead myself to live that life. Nobody else is going to lead me. Like, yes, I will get input from other people, but it starts with me making the decision to follow other people who have done it before. And so I totally buy into that um, because I need it. Like, it gets hard all the time. Okay. It gets hard all the time. But I know I've, I've tasted what hard work can give me. I've tasted what diligence can give me. You know, I, I've tasted what just holding on and persevering can give me. And so it's like sometimes I can pull from that. Even with on a spiritual note, I remember what God has done for me before. And that's enough for me to say, all right, not, it might not get me all the way through, but it gets me, you know, ready to start right now with the game plan. Yeah, I, I think I saw a video before. Um, let's talk about y- your faith a little bit. It seems like it permeates through everything that that you do, um, and that you you know you you're not ashamed to mention that. I think it was a video I saw on LinkedIn that that is a, a part of you. Um, what's what's that about? What's it based on? When did that start? Talk to the people. Yeah, it started back. Um... 
it started a while ago, actually. I can't pinpoint when, but people always wanted to know how I got to where I got. How did you reach this? And yada, yada, yada. And it was just like, I had to always fight between the answer that I knew would drop some nuggets versus saying it was God. Gotcha. Like, I had to fight that so much because right. I'm a really good shooter. I know there are other people who can shoot the ball better than me. You know, I can defend like crazy. I know there are other people who are quicker than me. So to just to to leave out the juice that God poured in me, mm. I, I kind of felt like I was fraudulent, you know, mm. and um, I got fed up with that. But then when I would go to church, I would take what the pastor said that like resonated with me. And then I would go speak it in basketball for everybody else gotcha so a lot of translating right exactly exactly so that was what it was because i'm like this is good and this is you know in my videos i say it was good for the athlete is good for the person and vice versa like what is what god is trying to do for us and through us that's for everybody so let me just go and deal with the platform that i have in sports yeah i was just going to say i love how it's almost like you're the messenger to bring you went there to get full to get the the message and then you brought it back deciphered it and gave it to people that probably uh not necessarily but maybe didn't make it that particular sunday or weren't there in that same building as you, but you wanted them to be able to take those messages and have the same impact that you felt from that. So that that's super powerful. And, and thank you for, for doing that because a lot of people won't ever make it in those doors and they'll right. miss that message. And, and I think it's so important for people to, to realize the other thing I heard you say is it doesn't have to happen in those four walls. Everybody has, you know, it, this is for everyone. And the message is for everyone because that's what that's what God wants, that greatness, that peak performance, you mm-hmm. know, for all of us to have. So I'm I'm a hundred percent on with that. Now listen, you sound perfect, right? I'm just gonna go ahead and keep it real. <laughs> your, your videos are always on point, your website's on point, you know. We know you're coaching and your plans on point. Tell the people a time that you messed up. You were like, oh my goodness, I messed up. This was terrible. It didn't go well. And more importantly than whatever that was, we call this our fourth and one uh, here in the huddle, fourth and one question. More, I'm not really concerned about what it was, but what you learned from it. So what was a mess up that the Lisa Willis did, but more importantly, also share what you learned from it? Yeah, um, this is something that's perfect. She got to think hard for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's man, this is I actually talk about this. The only place I've talked about this really was in my book. Um, And it was I was playing for the New York Liberty and my coach had already expressed to me in front of the whole team that she basically wasn't going to play me. Um, It had nothing to do with me. She was a coach, but the GM was putting a lot of pressure on her to play me. And so to kind of clap back at the GM, it's like, no, I'm not playing her. Had wow. nothing to do with me. This is the essence of politics. And so. Wow. And did you I'm know the, that, I, that clearly? Did she say this doesn't have anything to do with you or you just you knew it didn't because no, and everybody said, else must have known it, too. She literally said it. This isn't me trying oh, to figure out like right. what's going on. We're in a team meeting. 
There's like a, a sports psychologist in the room. And she says this in front of everybody. And I'm just like, well, one, thank you. That, that you know, helps me understand because yeah. I'm killing. So right, I'm doing this. Me. So like, oh. I appreciate you know? that. But then after that, like I'm, I'm the get to practice early, stay late kind of person. I became the get to practice when it starts oh. and leave when it's over. Shoot a couple jump shots, but for what? Right. And, and work, I define work ethic as your attitude towards what you're doing. Okay. Work ethic, because showing up early, leaving late, you can do that just because you like to be social or your ride's not coming until this time or whatever. So that happened by default, but it's your mindset towards the work that you're about to put in. That went out. It was done for me. And Mm. I felt like I should never let anybody control my performance. There are things that I can control that I should never give it to anybody. And that's how hard I work. If I'm showing up professionally, like things like that, that's all within my control. And so that was a huge, that's one of my only regrets is that right there. I let her take it away from me. Right, right. She, she took that control from you, but it looks like you learned from that. I bet that that don't happen again. So that was the end of that. (laughs) Man, but listen, we don't want to give it all away. Y'all got to buy the book to find out the rest of that, but that's a good caveat there. Uh, I got to finish reading uh, the book myself. So we got to finish to find out what happened there, but just one question about it without giving it all away. Did the sports psychologist say anything? Like, did did a player, what? No, like, this Did anybody pull you aside and say, yo, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, yo, that's messed up. As I, they went on to play. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. I mean, yeah. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's more in the book about that. So get the book. And in fact, go ahead and tell people, where can they get the book? Sweet. So When the Buzzer Sound is what it's called. And you can pick up the hard copy at lisacwillis.com backslash the dash buzzer or you can get uh an ebook on amazon just type in when the buzzer sounds and i'll be right there sweet all right it's time for our two minute drill i'm gonna call out some stuff first thing that pop into the forefront of your brain just go ahead and yell it out all right here we go uh hip-hop or jazz jazz book club or the club book club sports car or suv Ooh, SUV. I got bad knees. <laughs> said I got bad knees. That's right. We didn't even talk about that. You you had an ACL, MCL, and what's the, even the other one? The LCL, LCL, right? I mean, who does that? Did that happen in one injury? Yeah. All right. Time out on the two minute drill. We gotta go back. <laughs> I've never. This has never happened that we stopped in the middle of the two minute drill. But how do you not talk about that one injury? What happened? Did you immediately feel it? Walk us through it. Yeah, it was actually uh, the day that I got my contract to go overseas. So I had been turning down contracts left and right because I was just going to, this was my last year playing overseas. And so I was like, let me go, let me maximize this money and blah, blah, blah. Agent calls me at like three o'clock. Yo, I got the deal. You're going to Turkey. It's going to be how much you want. And they're going to give you your Turkish citizenship, that passport we were talking about earlier. Okay. That makes me 
get paid even more money if I go back another year. So I'm like, oh, sweet, send it over. You know, I'm gonna go to the gym real quick because uh, they're in Turkey. So as long as, you know, I'll sign it before they wake up in the morning. Okay, sweet. I go to the gym, I'm balling until I wasn't. Uh. Go up for a layup, ACL, MCL, LCL, going like that. My knee was stuck at like a 45 degree angle and it hurt. But the tears really started to fall once I realized I couldn't straighten my leg. And um, and what I knew meant, it was over. Yeah. I know it was over. Yeah. And so then you call your agent and, and have to deliver this news. That had to be a very difficult conversation. Yeah. Because people always say, like, that's why you don't play at the gym. But I'm like, the gym is what made me the dog that I am. Right. wasn't playing with these girls in high school. Like, right. it was me going to the gym, playing, like, working on stuff against men, like, not boys, men right. who are faster and stronger than me, so that now if I could execute on them, I know I'm going to kill it when yeah. I go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and if that- you get to the right gym, you got dudes in there that could have balled in they the did. NBA that just didn't have that opportunity or whatever. It doesn't mean that it, yeah. it doesn't have to necessarily be just Joe Blow. Joe Blow from the UPS could, you know, could do some things in the NBA if he right. could have got there. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> exactly. He just didn't know about it. Oh, so that was it. Yeah. And so it ended just abruptly. Honestly. Wow. Wow. And then I, I imagine that had to be, how did you get through those? Like there had to be some depressing moments there. Like, it was, yeah, it was really tough because being a spiritual person, I kept telling myself, you know, all things work for the good to, of those who love God. Like, you know, if he brought me to it, he'll take me through it. Like I'm, I'm repeating scriptures and, and right. just not getting down. But the reality is that I was down. On the outside, I looked good. <clears throat> On the inside, I was I was empty because I never grieved that loss. Mm. You have to grieve. There's a lot of things that we need to grieve that we don't. And losing my first love, that was my longest relationship ever. <laughs> like, I like how you said that. You're right. Your longest relationship. Yeah. Huh. Losing it, it's like you can't just say, oh, yeah, guys, you know what you're doing. Well, yeah, you do know what you're doing, but this is killing me. Right. This is killing me. And it it messed with my role versus identity because again, I put so much emphasis. I did it the reverse way. I put so much emphasis in not being looked at as a basketball player. I didn't want people to see me as I wanted you to see me as smart, you know, uh ambitious, all these other things, but not just sure. a basketball player. So then once basketball was taken from me, I processed it as, oh, I need another job now. But that okay. was my favorite pastime, my first love, what I did for fitness, what I did to be social. It was all of that. So I was left with a huge hole in my heart, but I'm still saying all things work together for me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because it was everything you were doing. It wasn't just a, a job. Like you said, if somebody gets fired from a job, they get another one just like it. But what they do on the weekend stays the same. The friends they hang out with stay the same. Their bank account doesn't change. That's probably going to stay the same. They found a you know comparable job. They work out at the same gym because that wasn't tied to all of that remains the same for them. But your entire world was turned upside down. Did you have any, what support systems do you have? You support a lot of people, but who do you, who do you lean on? 
I didn't have anybody really to lean on. Like wow, my family. So that's crazy. And that's why I wrote the book. I kid you not. That that's is why I wrote crazy. the book. Because my family, they are my biggest support system, but you don't know what I'm going through. Right. There are things that I couldn't even properly articulate for them to begin to help me. So mm. I wrote the book so that when people are trying to figure out why, when the buzzer sounds, and that could be once they retired, or it could be the buzzer sounds, the game's over, and now you're just living your life in between the next game. Yeah, but well, a buzzer could be a relationship. But there are so many buzzers in our life. And it's like, I needed to be able to share my story and show people how I process these things, even after the fact, and then show them how it's really showing up in my life today so that they don't have to deal with the emotional hurt that I dealt with. And it's, wow. it's not my family's fault. They've never been here. Right. So I'm trying to be that support for them. Oh, I love it. People, you got to get this book because the buzzers are going to sound and they're going to sound repeatedly. And this is the playbook to figure out what to do so you can get that next score. All right. Now we're going to go back to the two minute drill. It's the first time I got put off of my two minute drill. Okay, we back. All right. um, So where were we? Sports car SUV, you said. SUV. I got bad knees. Bad knees. That's right. That's where this started. Okay. Take a class or teach a class. Ooh. Teach a class. Beach or cabin? Oh, beach all day. All day. Movies or a play? Ah. Ooh. <laughs> ah. I'm, oh, man. I'm, ooh, I'm, that's not fair. I'm trying to schedule it so I can see one and then the other. Pick <laughs> oh, one. <laughs> movies, movies, movies. All right. Hoodie or suit? Hoodie. Bath or shower? Bath, like a three-hour bath. Okay, nice. Self-care, I see you. (laughs) Pedicare or manicure? Pedicure. Chocolate milk or white milk? Ooh, chocolate milk. Eat out or delivery? Eat out. Offense or defense? Ooh, defense. I thought you were going to say that. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Fried or baked? Everything fried is just better, like fried. <laughs> I was you're such in good shape still. I was not expecting you to say fried, right? I really wasn't. I was. I didn't think I even put baked on there just for you. But okay, see, <laughs> you learn something every day, people. Sausage or bacon? Sausage. Chess or checkers? Ooh. Mentally, chess, but, okay. but I don't know how to play chess in real life, so I'm gonna say checkers. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm like, I always, I even have a statement I say to people. I'm like, listen, is is chess not checkers? I don't know how to play chess, not at all. <laughs> I did watch the Queen's Gambit though, and I fell in love with her playing chess. I still don't know how to play even after that, but I'm with you on that. Saturday nights or Sunday mornings? Ooh, Sunday mornings. Okay. Fly or drive? Drive. Eat out or have food delivered? Eat out. Money or time? Time. Time. I figured you would say that. Well, thank you so much for taking the two-minute drill in the huddle. Uh, Lisa, you have dropped some gems in here today. I appreciate you coming by the huddle. Tell people one more time where they can get the book 
um, your social media channels and all that kind of good stuff. And and what's coming next? I see you doing the videos. Is that going to turn into where we're getting those more often? A whole YouTube channel, a talk show. What's coming? What's coming down the pike? Yeah, I um, I'm just really trying to uh, hone in on my message. Um, and so I'm doing, you know, more speaking, doing more workshops. But one thing is that um, the difference between a motivational speaker and a professional speaker is motivation. It fills you up, you know, mm -hmm. but at some point the air leaves the bubble. A professional speaker, they're dropping jewels, they're dropping gems, they're teaching you. And I want to be looked at as a teacher. I don't want to be looked at as a rah-rah pep mm. rally kind of person. And so my videos have kind of shifted so that I want people to literally have a pen out and take notes when I'm, when I'm, um, you know, speaking. And so more, more public speaking, more workshops, um, more teaching is to come from me. Another book, um, not too, not too long from now. Um, and so, yeah, that's what's next. Um, I can, you can pick up my book again at lisacwillis.com backslash the dash buzzer. Um, the ebook is on Amazon. And then my um, social media handles for Twitter and Instagram is Lisa Willis40. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Cool. Well, thank you. Um, the whole reason I wanted to do this show was just to bring like-minded individuals, people that are passionate about helping other people to give us a space, time and opportunity. And that when people listen to this, that there are some tangibles that come out of it, not just like, you know, not to bash other podcasts, because I'm sure other people do it. But at the end of it, it's really about, okay, Lisa said this, and that resonated with me. Lisa said this, and I can go get this book. And that's going to help me because this is the spot where we come to, to get better. And as you know, huddles in, in sports can be pretty powerful, but I think they're the most powerful that they are is because that we're all in it together for a common goal. And we discuss that play. You got to be creative, re be ready to pivot, but then we go out and try to execute. So thank you for entering the huddle today as the um, I slide segment team captain for the huddle Keep in touch with her, you guys. I'm telling you, if you want to feel better, just go. At least it's always on LinkedIn and IG. Um, and I did bust out a pin the other day. I have felt the, the shift um, of your videos changing where it does feel like you're in school or in a, a locker room session, you, you know, where you're going over plays. And so I, I love that. And I think you're going to have huge success with that, like you've had success with everything. So thank you again for stopping by the huddle and we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thanks for having me. What an interview, what an interview, what an interview. I hope that you guys are going to run out and purchase Lisa's book. I hope that you are ready to put some work in today. And if you've been grinding hard, how about you elevate that work? Work harder than ever before towards those goals. Seek that longevity that we were talking about. Look for it, Cre create it. 
and make it happen for yourself. Do me a favor, leave a review for the podcast. Uh, You know, I need some more reviews. Five star me, get in contact with me, follow me on IG, Livingston3636. You can always, 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 uh, and I I encourage you to stop past my website, www.monicadlivingston.com. Leave me a note. We can do some one-on-one. I've got a bunch of stuff coming down the pipe that's going to be super exciting. And so I want you to go there so you can stay in touch with what's getting ready to come. Sign up. Make sure I have your email address. You can follow me on Twitter also, Livingston36. Facebook, Monica D. Livingston. Uh, Yeah, and you know what? I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. Text me, 703-898-2754. But whatever you do, just go do it and do it hard. Work, 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 work. Grind it out, people. I'm Monica D. Livingston. Thank you for listening to The Huddle. Peace and hair grease. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.